and I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very, <gasps> no! it's a very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that- that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. And we are once again doing the satellite broadcast because um, <laughs> we're actually here in Dallas County now. We've been told to shelter in place. And yeah, so, it's so weird right now. Oh, yeah. I've got my whole family in the house. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to me to be like here in the back room recording the podcast and feeling like everybody's sitting right outside the door listening to me. But. <laughs> I'm sure that they probably aren't. How are you doing, Rebecca? Like, we haven't had a chance to hang out or anything. You know what? It's so surreal right now. Like, is this happening? Is this really happening? Do you wake up every morning and kind of stop and think about it? Like, what the hell? Is this really going on? Yeah, so I'm still working. You know, we're in the radio biz, and we have to be letting people know the information that's out there and all that kind of stuff. So I've been working, and it's just been, like, nonstop. There's something new literally every five seconds, I feel like. And this has been a nightmare for all of us worldwide, but it's actually been really good for the podcast. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> people don't have anything to do but listen to Haunted AF. <laughs> yes, and send us stories. Like we have gotten so many great stories that I can't Yay! even keep up with all of them and voice memos. So just love it. Please keep all of that stuff coming. Send them to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. The ghost stories, the Bigfoot stories, the UFO stories, which we have not been getting UFO stories. I know. And I know UFOs are happening. I know this because <laughs> Bruce Faulkner is sending me a UFO story like all the time. <laughs> And I, every week I'm like, oh, damn, I need to get that story on. So anyhow, please send those to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, don't forget to hit up hauntedaf.com. We've got lots of great updates for you, like the stories from the search and rescue officer last week or the haunted hiking trails. And while you're there, you can actually reach out to us directly on the website. If you have any questions about stories, merch, or maybe you have your own story to tell, please hit us up. We can help you out. Speaking of merch, don't forget to drop by the Haunted AF online store. We got t-shirts, sweatshirts. Especially with how things are going right now, we're getting all cozy in our loungewear at home. So you might as well uh, help us out, support the podcast in the process. So I want to hit a couple of updates real quick. We had hoped to talk to Sarah. So Sarah is the one who had the haunted doll Bridget last week. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have been emailing her and she has not responded. So oh, no. Yeah, I don't know if she's mad at us because we did get a little judgy last time in the podcast just because... So hold on, let me clarify. I'm not judging her. I'm just, I don't think you should... Let- let your kids be involved in that. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't think you're alone in that. I was being a little judgy. I'll admit it because I have very, <laughs> very mixed feelings about it. I still really appreciate that she shared her story and um, I never heard back from her. So I'm hoping that everything is fine there, that Bridget didn't like finally take over. <laughs> Right? Okay, that's a little concerning. Sometimes that'll happen where I will reach out to someone who has told like this really terrifying ghost story and I never hear back from them. No! Don't do that to me. You have to like... No! You have to respond. When ghosts are involved, you have to respond. That is the rule. I totally agree. All right, let's just go ahead and jump in with the ghost stories this week. This one comes from Stephanie. Hi, ladies. I've just discovered your podcast and since we're all in isolation, I'm binging. My name is Stephanie 
I'm from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, I have more than one ghost story that all center around the same person, my old roommate who has seen dead people since she was about three. We haven't lived together in like 20 years, but all kinds of interesting things happened while she was around. A minor one that happened Uh, We were in Scotland visiting her now husband and we're at the Edinburgh Castle. We were the only ones in this one hallway and there were steps leading downstairs. I don't even know where it was in the castle. Again, it was just her and I and she said, "I'm I'm not going down those steps. I don't feel comfortable. I said, well, what do you mean you don't feel comfortable? And she's like, well, there's something dark down there that I just don't want to deal with. So she turned around and started to walk away and I just looked at her and said, well, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to go down these steps. Uh, I took my first step down and an invisible hand physically pushed my chest and pushed me back up the stairs. Like I was mid-step and I got shoved back. I turned around and said, nope, I'm not going down here either. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't until we got back to Canada about a week and a half later that she told me actually there was a little boy in that castle who followed us for most of the rest of our trip and just hung out. But I will have more stories to tell if you're interested. Um, Most of them center around her. Anyways, love your podcast. Hope to see you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And yes, we are interested. Please. Pushy ghost. Pushy ghost. It's a pushy ghost. I know. I feel like we need to talk to this roommate too. So we actually got a note from Michaela in North Carolina. And she says the house I grew up in was built in 1938. It was a rural area and creeped out every one of my friends who ever came to visit. We had a TV in our kitchen that was a gift from my grandfather after he passed away. And it would randomly turn on. We started noticing that it would only turn on when someone was alone in the kitchen and if no one had called my grandma in a while. It became a reminder to us to give her a call. And when we did, she always needed something or had news to tell. Every time the TV came on, we would tell grandpa, thank you and pick up the phone. Oh, that is so sweet. Michaela also says, I always heard weird noises in my room, but never actually saw anything. One night I had a friend sleep over, but she woke me up in the middle of the night. She kept saying, do you hear that? Do you hear that? I didn't actually hear anything, but I told her it was normal and everything was fine so she could go back to sleep. When I woke up the next morning and looked at her, she was staring at the ceiling. I asked how she slept and she said, I didn't. There was a person pacing back and forth next to your bed all night and I was too afraid to go to sleep. All right, here's a story from Stacy. You're going to like this. Hi, ladies. My name is Stacy, and I am from Oregon City, Oregon. And I wanted to share one of my most favorite ghost experiences with you guys. Uh, This takes place about seven or eight years ago, and I was in a process of moving, and me and my boyfriend at the time were living with my mom temporarily, and my mom was out of town at the time, and we were both dead asleep. It was about three o'clock in the morning, and we had our two dogs with us. Uh, We were woken up to a loud running up and down the stairs, like extremely loud, violent running, jumping, bouncing up and down the stairs. It woke us up. It woke both of our dogs up. They were both barking and freaking out. And so my boyfriend at the time jumped out of bed and took his big German shepherd, opened up the door quietly and was looking out to see who it was. I grabbed my cell phone because I assumed somebody had broken into the house. Um, And I was in my bed with my little dog and my cell phone with 911 ready to go. And my boyfriend at the time and his dog slowly kind of went down the stairs and was like looking around. And I finally called out to him and said, hey, what's going on? Should I call 911? And he said, hang on. And I could hear him opening the doors and just kind of searching around the house and finally came back up and was just like, there's nobody here. I can't see a sign of anything. 
And I was like, weird. So we started kind of looking around and checking doors and windows and like we couldn't see anything disrupted in the house at all. So I called my mom and told her what had happened. And she explained that throughout the last few years, there had been some weird things that had happened, you know, lights turning on and off and like seeing somebody walk through a room and just weird noises and things happening. So we decided that we wanted to call the Oregon Paranormal Group and maybe encourage them to come do an investigation. And they did. They came out and set up and, you know, cameras and the EVP and the voice box and all those things set up. And me and my mom kind of hung out with them and asked questions and tried to get some kind of response. And it was a few hours. We didn't have much happen in the beginning. It was just a lot of sitting around. Um, And finally, they had my mom and me go into our rooms and lay down as if we were sleeping. And it was around three o'clock again. And uh, one of the lady investigators sat with me next to one of the voice boxes. You know, it quickly moves through radio frequency, like pulling words. I don't really know a lot about it. So we sat down and started asking questions and I explained who I was and that, you know, the other night it scared me. And finally, all of a sudden through the, the voice box, we get mommy and it scared me, you know, and I kind of was like, oh my gosh. And then I said, I'm not your mommy. My name is Stacy. I live in this house. And then it was like, help mommy. And then it said hungry. And then it said mommy again. And it kind of went back around and you know, mommy, hungry, help. And then it said food. We were all like blown away. Uh, It was really scary. And um, I started like putting it together. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe this was a little kid bouncing up and down the stairs, searching for their mom and they were hungry. And um, after the investigation, the investigators reached back out to me and told me that throughout the entire investigation, they had faint voices, like little kids, maybe like a lady and then a guy. And they kept hearing somebody call out the name Tom, which was my mom's husband that had passed away like the year before. So there was a lot of weird unexplained activity happening in that house and the investigators told us that they had numerous calls from the neighborhood that I was living in and that uh, a bunch of people had different experiences with paranormal stuff going on and they had been doing a lot of research about the actual land that the housing development was on and found out that it was at the end of the Oregon Trail and there was a lot of bad stuff that had happened on the land and they thought maybe there was little kid spirit hanging around our house. So yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate your podcast and uh, love listening and hope you guys are all staying healthy during this coronavirus scare. So thank you again and take care. Okay, the spirit box thing freaks me out. No kidding. They're kind of polarizing because people have very mixed opinions about them. But when you have a spirit box and it's repeating the same things over and over again, that's pretty freaky. And then when she started talking about how they found out it was Oregon Trail related, and I'm like, didn't a lot of people die on the Oregon Trail from starvation? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, think how horrifying that is. I know. Mommy hungry. That's awful. Oh, poor baby. Okay. So if you're like Rebecca and I and you're sheltering in place, you're probably bored out of your freaking mind. (laughs) (laughs) Your your AF mind. (laughs) Yes, seriously. And then you're having to constantly edit yourself because your kids are under feet. So, um, but actually we have a suggestion for you. Go to hauntedaf.com and you can find the Winchester Mystery House virtual tour. This is so cool. Yeah, it is. In San Jose, the Winchester Mystery House, they're going to be doing this, I think, until April 7th when the Bay Area, they're going to lift their shelter in place ban, allegedly. We'll see if that really happens, but they're going to allow these virtual tours for 
free until then. And they're 41 minutes long. So these aren't, yeah, these aren't just like quick little snippets. So I posted this on the website, hauntedaf.com. So you can go and take the tour, but I also tagged a whole bunch of these other famous haunted museums all over the country, like the Zag Baggins Museum or Waverly Hills, any of these places that make money off of this stuff, post a virtual tour for us. Just brilliant. And since we can't take haunted tours right now, uh, I wanted to share a story from Richard. He took a haunted tour last year, and this is his story. Hi, Julie and Rebecca. My name's Richard. I saw a tweet this week saying that you were looking for creepy road trip stories and just thought I'd share a road trip that I took with actually my wife and daughter this past uh, summer through West Texas. I live down in San Antonio, and my wife sent me a website that just said, here are the creepiest places to do a road trip through Texas. Instantly, I jumped online, started finding what could we do and where could we go to maximize a road trip through West Texas this past summer. We went to Terlingua first and we spent two nights there in a teepee. And it was a fantastic experience. Just the stars and the sky, you could see everything. You could see the Milky Way without a telescope. It's known to be haunted. We went to the cemetery there and nothing there. After that, we went up through Marfa and kind of saw where the Marfa lights would have been. We didn't stick around just because we were making our way up to Van Horn, Texas to stay at the El Capitan Hotel, which was allegedly haunted. Didn't really have too much happen at the hotel, but my wife, me, and my daughter decided to check out a old abandoned rundown motel. No doors, no windows, the parking lot's overgrown. It was just a block away from the El Capitan. And we went through there, EMF detector, spirit box, wife was taking pictures. You know, nothing out of the ordinary was really there. And then my wife said, hey, Richard, come on over here. It feels kind of weird. And we go into this one room that's kind of falling apart. And my daughter notices that the EMF meter starts going up. So with the spirit box, I ask, did you used to live here? Almost immediately, it came back and said, homeless. Now, I got excited. My wife got excited. We all heard it. My daughter, who was 11 at the time, Scooby-Dooed right out of there, ran. (laughs) Which is the right move for an 11-year-old girl at that time. However, right after she ran out, my name came over the spirit box. Richard. Kind of gave me the creeps. But then everything else just kind of died down. Then we ended up in Rock Springs at the historic Rock Springs Hotel. Now, I had seen on Haunted Rooms or one of those websites one story that this place was haunted. No details behind it or anything like that. But I'm like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. Rock Springs, tiny town. In the early 1900s, a F4, F5 tornado went through killed like 20% of the town and the hotel was used as a makeshift hospital during that time. So we check into this more like bed and breakfast, keys to every room and you actually had a key to be able to lock up the hotel at the end of the night and we were really the only people staying there besides the proprietor. Go to bed in the hotel not thinking really much about it. My wife goes to bed. I'm up late and I am then woken up to that light on that fan strobing and it wasn't a pattern. It was sporadic. At times it would almost glow like you see in those horror movies where it, like the light bulb is going to pop. We couldn't figure out what was going on. I pull out my EMF detector. I'm not really getting any major readings out of it. Got up, tried to turn the light off manually. Couldn't do it. Couldn't turn on the light. Couldn't turn off the light. It just wouldn't respond. Eventually the light did stop. Went back to bed somehow. <laughs> Next morning we wake up. The proprietor asked us how our night was. We kind of told her. And then that's when she revealed all the stories of the hotel. Tons of different stories. And then I showed her the video. And it was this point that I realized when I was showing her the video. The timestamp on the video was 2.11 a.m. We were in room 2.11. 
So that's just the story I wanted to share, and thank you very much. By the way, Richard actually sent the video of the light strobing in their room. Yes! Yeah, so we'll share that at hauntedaf.com, and one of the great things about it is he's laying in bed with his wife, and they're just filming up at the light fixture, which most of us, you and I know, we've been in that moment where you're like, should I start filming now? And it always stops (laughs) the second you grab your phone. So thank you, Richard, for capturing that. It's like flashing, and then it'll do this like really weird strobe effect. It, It would be freaky to see that in your haunted hotel room. This next story comes from Haley and she says one night about a month ago my husband was at work. He works nights and I was home alone with my mother-in-law and our two dogs. It was late so I headed to bed but stopped on the stairs to talk to her for a minute. As we were talking I started to hear what sounded like an old antique radio playing static and music like they were tuning it in between stations. I asked her if she heard it and she said what is that? I shrugged my shoulders and we both continued to listen for about five minutes until it stopped suddenly. Of course, it freaked me out. So I went back downstairs for a little while before trying to go back to bed. That next night, our smoke alarm started going off for no reason at all. It continued on and on every 30 minutes until about 6 a.m. But here's the deal. There are no batteries in our smoke detectors. We actually took the dead ones out and hadn't put in the new ones yet. What? By the way, Please put batteries back in your smoke detectors. That is just not safe. Okay, so I wanted to address something just because we've been hearing lots of stories lately where people are hearing voices calling their names. Like we have gotten so many stories about that recently. So I did a little research on it and I just wanted to kind of let everybody know if this is something that is happening to you, I'm not saying you're not haunted. You might still live in a haunted house, but that can be kind of a common side effect of stress, of hearing voices or strange sounds. I just wanted to encourage everyone if that's happening to you to maybe reach out to an online doctor and just talk to them about it because odds are you're dealing with stress because we are all dealing with stress right now pretty extremely and I was just thinking how much would it suck if you're already stressed out and then you're hearing voices and then you're thinking that the house that you're quarantined in is haunted and that's just gonna it's just gonna add to your stress or it could be like signs of hearing loss it can mean lots of different things but in a lot of cases it's just extreme stress And right now, there are lots of ways that you can reach out to therapists online. Just keep that in mind, especially right now, since we're going through a really stressful situation, all of us. We've got one more email from a guy named Houston, and he says, I've been binge listening to you guys for a few days now, and I just really want to let you know what's happened to me. I live in the basement of my home, and a few years ago, we took care of my uncle who was in hospice. He passed away in the room next to mine, and ever since, I've had so much insane shit happen. It started off small with objects moving around, lights turning on and off. A few times the record player would start playing on its own, but I didn't really think much of it. One day, my now ex-girlfriend and I both heard a loud male voice scream my name. We just sat there and stared at each other. I assumed it was him and started embracing all the weird spooky shit that was going on, but then things stopped for a while. And then out of nowhere, lights start flickering, things start moving again. I heard unexplained footsteps on the basement stairs. Then one night I was walking my ex out to her car when I noticed something in my bedroom window. It was this black shadowy thing swaying back and forth on the top of my bed. She saw it too and we both started freaking out. We were both like, what the f***? We have to check and see if there's actually someone there. So I grabbed a baseball bat and went in, but there was just nothing. I started falling my eyes out from fear, which isn't something I do. Ever since that night, nothing's happened again, so I don't quite know what to say. I figured this would interest you guys because it certainly scarred me. I love your podcast, and I hope you guys stay safe throughout all of this insanity. Oh, that's so sweet. 
By the way, we have an update from Houston. Wrote us back, said, literally, I'm sitting here listening to you guys and something grabbed my shoulder super hard. And then the photograph fell off the wall. It's been months since anything has happened. So I'm blaming you guys for bringing the spooky back. Okay, no, no, don't blame us. That is your ghost. You own it. It's yours. So Rebecca, I just got this email yesterday and I couldn't wait to share it with you. This comes from Maya. She's a police officer and a mom in California. And Maya had been sharing her house with her sister and all of her sister's kids. So they were both splitting up with their husbands at this point in time and decided they'd move into this house together. There was eight of them. And they oh loved, my yeah, they loved this house. It was built in 19. 19- 11. And one of the cool parts about it is that it had a garage that was originally a carriage house and it had a room on the second floor, but nobody would mess around with this room on the second floor because it freaked everybody out. So Maya says, this, like many hauntings, was slow to reveal itself. It started off with things that my sister and I could explain away. We constantly saw things out of the corner of our eyes. I mean, like once every five to 10 minutes. Frequently, you could hear a low murmuring in the house and you couldn't tell where it was coming from. It sounded like a conversation, but you couldn't make out the words. So my room was next to the kitchen where there was a large butler's pantry and the walls were covered with cabinets. Many nights I was kept awake by the slamming of those cabinet doors, which always stopped when I went to investigate. I spent hours sitting on the floor of that pantry waiting for the doors to start slamming, but they wouldn't do it as long as I watched. I would go back to bed, put the pillow over my head, and know that the slamming would resume as soon as I dropped off to sleep and there was nothing I could do about it. So Maya convinces herself it's no big deal because her kids are so happy in this place. They love the house, Mm -hmm. but more stuff keeps happening. She says, The kids had a TV slash VCR combo in their room, which started coming on by itself. I would hear it start up late at night, dash upstairs to see which naughty kiddo was out of bed, only to find them all sawing logs. Then one afternoon, I was doing my makeup in the only bathroom, and my three-year-old daughter was jibber-jabbering right outside the door like usual. Then I heard her go quiet and start whispering. It made the hair on my neck stand up. So I opened the bathroom door, and I asked what she was doing. She was staring up at the ceiling, and she said, I'm talking to my friend in the light. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Maya and her sister start talking about all the weird stuff that's happening, but she's trying to play it off. She's worried her sister's going to move out. She won't be able to afford this place anymore. But of course, things got more intense. So one night, Maya can't sleep because the cabinets are banging again. So she gets up to use the bathroom and she says, quote, my sister and husband were reconciling and he was spending a few nights a week at the house. So I made a point of closing the bathroom door securely. I had just closed this heavy, solid redwood door securely and pulled down my jammies when the door swung open open and three of the medicine cabinets swung open in succession. There wasn't a breath of breeze in the room. I sat frozen on the toilet for about five seconds before I pulled up my pants, closed the mirrors and the door. So she gets everything shut and she says, I tried to pull my pants down and once again, the door opens and one, two, three, the mirrors popped open in succession. I pulled up my pants and ran. Oh my gosh. Like one, I'm glad she was on the toilet, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know the inevitable is going to happen. So things continue to happen. Maya tries to take a shower one night, but she keeps hearing a man singing what sounds like old folk songs in her house. She grabs her service revolver and walks through the house, finds nothing. This happens twice. And she says she finally just gives up and starts singing in the shower to try to drown out this sound. Uh, She finally decides to have a family meeting and waits for her sister to come home. So they get the kids all situated in bed and they head out Uh to the porch to talk. That's when they notice that the light
light was on in the carriage house room, though nobody had been up there and nobody would go up there because they were all scared to death of that thing. So they ah. move inside and Maya starts listing all the crazy things that have been going on. And as she's doing so, a glass pitcher that was on the shelf behind her goes no. flying off, goes right by her head and smashes on the ground in front of her. So her sister and her sister's husband are standing in front of her and they're both just like, ah. so she's like, do you mind cleaning this up? Because she says, quote, I just wanted to go hide in my room. They agreed and I went up to my room, but as I flipped on my bedroom light, the whole glass light fixture exploded into a million pieces. <laughs> Needless to say, I slept upstairs with the kids that night. Things never settled down completely, but we only stayed in the house for a few more months after that. And she says, in retrospect, I think the ghost who was there was not malicious. I feel like he was this really old fashioned dude who didn't like me being in charge of the house and in such a masculine profession. The fact that he chose to make himself known to me when I was at my most vulnerable points, showering, going to the bathroom and sleeping, but he never hurt me, made me think he was just trying to teach me a lesson or something. Maybe he was just an old misogynist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's wishful thinking at this point because nobody wants a ghost throwing a glass pitcher at their head. Right, in the shower. And when you're trying to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, like that's just not cool. So we're going to try to get Maya on the phone and I'm not sure how we're going to do that in this whole kind of satellite situation that we're dealing Uh with, but we're going to try to make that happen because we definitely have to talk to her some more. Okay, y'all remember right now, more than ever, we need your ghost stories. It's super hard to do interviews while we're taping separately. So we need to hear what you got, either written, recorded, voice memos, bring it on. We love ghost stories, but of course, we're also big fans of Bigfoot, UFO, any sort of unexplainable story, even the funny ones. Please send it to us at hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll share them all on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamalaga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.